Many are the paths we might choose towards greater understanding. Yet most such paths start in silence, in listening. Here we gather on this, the very first day of a new year. Here we together create a sacred space made holy by our very being. Here, together, at the start of a year that has never been before. May this be a year of deep listening for us all. May we listen attentively to ourselves, that we might understand ourselves a little better. May we listen to one another, that we might understand others more fully. And may we listen to our world, that we might better understand the mystery that is life itself. Life in all its confusions and imperfections, yet still a blessed gift of existence. A gift that is ours to receive with every breath we take. So I invite you to take a moment now to take a conscious breath and to acknowledge that we are here now together. Our chalice flame is lit, welcoming visitors to our gathering this day, welcoming everyone to this time and this place. Here with Kensington Unitarians in London, connecting us with Unitarian Universalists the world over, and reminding us <coughs> we are all one people living on one planet, spinning in space. How then? shall we find the peace that allows love to unfold? Maybe by helping one another to find and rediscover a quiet centre at the very core of our being. This is the story of the wise one's last words. It's said that word went out from the palace that the health of the great sage, the wise one that had guided the kingdom for so many years, that his health was beginning to fail. Oh, this alarmed the whole of the kingdom. They'd relied on him for so many years for his wisdom and experience. People were distracted, they stopped what they were doing in mid-step, lawns went unmowed, perished the thought, pies were left too long in the oven, children even forgot to play, and nobody could imagine what would happen to them without the wise one's presence. As the old man neared his end, his courtiers began to plan for his succession. Someone new would have to be found, and the secret of the wise one's wisdom, knowledge, would have to be transmitted to a new generation. And they looked at each other without much enthusiasm because no one seemed up to the task. As death approached, 
The sage requested that a great public meeting be held at which he would make his last thoughts known to the world. Invitations were hurriedly written, and on the appointed day, the great hall of the palace was filled with the great and the good of the kingdom. Places near the front, where the sage would be carried onto a dais, where they were reserved for the wealthy landowners and politicians. Behind them were the merchants, the professionals, and then the most respectable of homeowners, all scrubbed and washed and wearing their best clothes. And then the ordinary people, farmers, carpenters, blacksmiths, had to sit in rows on the lawn right at the back. And while they awaited the appearance of the sage, tea was served by a few young women from the town who weaved among the rows of dignitaries carrying those large silver trays. At last, the chief courtier stood there at the front and all the excited chatter died down. He raised a hand to still the last whispers and announced that the sage would be too ill to walk and would be carried in on a litter. Everyone stood reverently as the litter approached. The sage's head was resting on a beautiful cushion and those nearest to him could see that oddly he was wearing a smile. The chief courtier bent over the old man, quickly announced that it was now time for the sage's last words. There was no sound to be heard. Even the flies stopped droning in the still air. And the courtier's booming voice rang out, Tell us, O great one, what is the secret of your wisdom? Slowly, the sage raised a single finger as if pointing upwards towards the heavens. Everyone bent forward, straining to catch his feeble words. Listen carefully, croaked the sage. There was a pause, the finger dropped, those eyes closed for the last time, the smile remained on his face. The doctors and the courtiers bent over him, waiting, waiting for those words. I'm sorry to report, they eventually said, our revered sage has passed away. There was a collective gasp from the room, and sadly, he did so without giving us his last words. A roar of disquiet and disbelief filled the room. There was no, so, there was so much noise that no one could hear the small voice of a serving girl. She said, but he did give us his wise last words. He did. But unfortunately, no one was listening. And we have the one-time minister of this church, Art Lester, to thank for that. He's made a book of all his stories, and that's one of, the, uh, one of many great ones. And it leads us into a time of prayer and reflection now. A prayer for the new year. Let's bring all those joys and concerns into this, this time of prayer and reflection in which I call on the spirit of life and love to be with us now and to bless all that we say and do together here this day. Let's pray for a new year that beckons us along life's path. 
If we possibly can, let's each of us find reasons for gratitude in our hearts, even if life is demanding far too much of us at present. Still, let us find reasons for gratitude and treasure those in our hearts. A welcoming smile, a kindly offer, a helping hand, the song of a bird, the beauty of a flower in wintertime, the warmth of community. Let's each now silently think of something for which we are grateful at this moment. And let the warmth of our gratitude help us to face any areas of life that are a struggle for us right now. Particularly, perhaps, those aspects of life where we wish we could be more than we are. Those petty niggles, the sharp responses, <coughs> the wishing that things might be different, that we might be different. Any places where we get stuck in knowing it all or feeling self-righteous. The ways that we get caught in repeating patterns we seem incapable of doing anything about. May a sense of spacious peace help us to find new possibilities, new ways forward, new ways to be, new ways perhaps to accept what is as it has to be. And let us pause for a moment on the threshold of a new year Resting in not knowing, in uncertainty, awaiting that which will unfold in life. And as we turn our attention to matters of the world as we must do, may we hold in loving awareness all those in anguish this day, all those for whom a new year brings only further difficulty. May our world community find new ways forward, new paths, new understandings, this day and all days. Amen. I, I just had to pop out during the hymn and get a tissue <laughs> and it was partly I was almost moved to tears by the service so far found it very beautiful and for me it's very special because I feel this morning is connecting some different parts of my life um, I, I've actually lived and worked in this building for the last 10 years um, I'm the warden here, Jenny, so some of you know me, some of you may not have seen me because I don't often come to the services. Um, but I wanted to come today because uh, 
the, the church kindly gave me permission to have a gathering of um, dancers here over New Year. So last night we were celebrating here with dance. Um, and it felt really nice to bring that energy back also into the service. Uh, so we've, we've made a space here and this is a time um, when hopefully <laughs> uh, dance might, might come into that space and into this space. Um, but the kind of dance that I've been practicing almost the whole time I've been at this church is an improvised form. Um, so I guess we can just make this invitation and hope that it comes. Uh, and it, it doesn't have music, it comes from silence and it comes very much from listening. <laughs> yeah. So it, it fits very well with the theme of this service to listen into one's body for the impulse to move and to listen into another body for the way to move together. And <coughs> while the dancing is happening, I'm going to read a little bit from this, which is the Contact Quarterly magazine. Um, this is a dance form that started in America in the early 70s. Uh, it was invented, well, it, it came through somebody called Steve Paxton. And um, within the first few years, there became a question of, should this be trademarked? Do we need some uh, official teacher training for this? Uh, and it could have gone that direction, but it didn't because I think this listening, improvised nature of the dance, it felt it wasn't really quite right to have a syllabus and to have a qualified teacher who will tell you how to do it. So instead of teacher training, they made this magazine for sharing. <laughs> so that the people who were dancing can teach each other. <laughs> And um, the piece I'm going to read was written by this founder, Steve Paxton. Solo dancing does not exist. The dancer dances with the floor. Add another dancer and you have a quartet. Each dancer with the other and each with the floor. In the United States, a form of dancing has arisen which treats each dancer as a surface to be played upon, as is the floor. Named contact improvisation, it resembles wrestling, the jitterbug, making love, tumbling and juggling. Yet none of these quite describes the other, and none quite describes this dancing. The physical part is best pictured in terms of spectrums of potentials. People freely improvising movement, using the floor and each other as surface, rely on gravity as a constant, inertia into momentum as a variable, adamant, the floor, to yielding, skin, muscle, bone, as surface features. 
and the variables of give and take, ruled not by set roles for each dancer, but by the understanding that each may change from give to take at any time. This brings us to the non-physical part of this dancing, the state of being or mind permitting mutual freedom with mutual reliance. The mind is kept empty of preconceptions and memories. It is in the present moments only, meditating on the potentials and on the easiest paths in the energy construct which are available to all dancers. It is a state of abandon. Trust in the self and in each other must be total. The ability to help each other and oneself must be ever ready. Through constant movement, one pursues mutual ease in constant mutual change. The dancer's weight is only his to give, not to possess. The final factor here considered is time. The division of time into minutes and seconds perhaps clouds the view of time as flow. But in this dancing where units of time are defined by the velocities of independent and semi-independent masses involved in movement of and upon the bodies, time moves as quickly as the dancers move, given a state of constant falling. The glands react as in those falls wherein time apparently stands still. And the dancers shift from our pedestrian concepts into a time sense allowing some control in the endless chain of accidents they have provoked. That is the improvisation in which they make contact. We're moving into a meditative time of this service now. There are going to be a few words to lead us into a good two or three minutes of silence held together. So get yourselves comfy, put down anything that you don't want to be holding. Do whatever has you be comfortable. Um, maybe enjoy the feeling of the weight of your body sitting and a sense of connecting with the earth through your feet on the floor. Perhaps softening your gaze or closing your eyes, whatever works for you. And in this uh, time of meditation, I'm inviting you to consider the idea that we can also listen with our hearts. Just as we saw those dancers listening to themselves and to one another and to the world in which they were dancing, listening with their whole bodies. To listen with the heart is a beautiful idea. I don't know how you might experience that. For me, I can start to imagine my, my busy mind settling a little bit. Maybe like, I don't know, like a muddy glass of water. If you leave it a while, it'll start to settle and become clear. It's not easy to settle our minds. Sometimes we just have to accept that they're busy places, but not pay too much attention to them. 
Let's turn our attention to our heart centers. I like to think of our heart centers as the places where we are connecting with everyone else in the world. Those we love, those we know and don't know, even those we find difficult, for surely that is the challenge of our age, to remain open-hearted in the face of issues we disagree with, people we find challenging. Let's allow our breathing to take us into a meditative space where we consider what it would be to listen with the heart. This time will come to an end with a chime from our bell. Okay, well, some of us uh, may have been up quite late last night seeing in the new year. So, for all our sakes, I'm going to keep this talky bit of the service brief and to the point. Here's the message in a nutshell. Deep listening is a good thing. And it's easier said than done. That's it. We can all have a snooze now if that's what we need to do. You don't need to deep listen to anything I'm going to say because you've heard it all before. But you might want to listen to your own reactions to what I say because that's where interest and value is often to be found. We're exploring deep listening today as the first of our January-themed services. Our theme this month is understanding. And if understanding means our human ability to make sense of something, then listening is a truly valuable tool. It might be the listening we bring to a conversation with another. Now, we all know how conversations can often be conducted by us humans. We're listening, but we're busy at the same time formulating what we want to say in response or we've got caught up in our own version of, oh, that happened to me too. Or our anxiety about what we're hearing is sending us into our Mr. or Ms. Fix-It mode when we become convinced that if only this poor troubled soul would listen to us, all would get sorted and they'd live happily ever after. Do any of these strike a chord with you? I'm afraid I've done many of these to many of you over these years. Yep, we probably all know these sorts of conversations and we've probably been on both sides of them in life. We have known what it's like to not be listened to all that well and we'll have been the poor listener too, more than likely, because listening is not all that easy. And that's ordinary listening. As for deep listening, ah. Oh, but, oh, the pleasure 
of being deeply listened to. Oh, the relief when someone hears us fully. I've heard that described as being heard into being. Being heard into being. Because it's only perhaps through being truly heard sometimes that we can fully grasp what it is we are trying to convey. I hope you can remember, as I can, times when I felt that my words were being fully received by another, received with open-hearted, non-judgmental attention, with the sense that this other person is fully interested in us and in what we have to say. Do you know, in those moments, I think our spirits can expand. We can be more truly and fully who we truly are. Such deep listening is a path to understanding. It helps the speaker understand themselves better, even as the listener themselves great, gets a greater understanding of this fellow human being and what it is they're wanting to convey. At such moments, don't we know that we're not actually alone, as we often feel? The process of deep listening reminds us that we're not in charge of the show. Some of my moments of deepest listening have been at the beginning and the end of lives. Have you had that experience of listening to an unborn child's heartbeat? Feeling those pre-birth movements? Learning to wait? Waiting for birth as we wait too for death? Sitting alongside someone whose life is moving to a close? Waiting? watching, listening. There is a quality to such moments, a feeling of awe and wonder about life itself in all its mysteries. And this kind of deep listening is not just a listening for sound, though sound may play its part. It's the whole body sense listening that we saw in that contact improvisation dance earlier on. And this is a listening that I think starts with ourselves. How can we become better listeners to our own inner processes, our thoughts, our feelings, our physical beings? How can we bring fresh ways to understand ourselves? These processes, these processes of deep listening to ourselves, they take time and they take courage. We may need to give ourselves permission to pay fuller attention to ourselves because many of us have been brought up to think that it's not the thing to do to pay attention to ourselves. All our attention is out there. But no, we need to bring the quality of an explorer to the process, a sense of wonder and curiosity to the inquiry of, well, how am I at this moment? What am I experiencing? Have I felt this before? Where has this thought come from? Where have I heard it before? Only when we become skilled explorers of our own realities do I think that we can become skilled, deep listeners to others. Such listening brings connection, and it's this potential for connection that our world is surely crying out for now. As we start a new year, a new year that for many of us already holds some pretty deep concerns about the paths some Western democracies are taking. 
In this new year, let's use and develop further our abilities to deeply listen to ourselves, to one another, and to our world. Let's try and not jump to conclusions too quickly or allow our fears to get the upper hand, but let's rather be bold explorers of what it really means to live with diversity. Let's explore how to hear fully someone who holds views very different from our own. Knowing, of course, that there will be times to move into action, times to stand up for those who badly need our support. But let's start with the listening, that road to understanding. Amen. E. e. Cummings writes that we do not believe in ourselves until someone reveals that something deep inside us is valuable, worth listening to, worthy of our trust, sacred to our touch. Once we believe in ourselves, we can risk curiosity, wonder, spontaneous delight, or any experience that reveals the human spirit. I wish you well in your exploring in the year that lies ahead. Amen. Go well and blessed be.